Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, nearly one in three families say they're planning on taking a pet along with them on vacation this year, which may or may not be a good idea. I'll tell you what you need to consider first. Also this morning, career training doesn't always require months or years of study. Raise the Bar Hancock County is launching a program to prepare workers in a matter of weeks for opportunities that are available right now. We'll have details. And happening around town, it's once again time for a rally in the alley. We'll get the scoop on downtown Findlay's annual summertime after work party. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. Crazy story uh, making headlines this morning. Apparently, yesterday, last night, yesterday evening, some point uh, late in the day, yesterday in Washington, D.C., a U-Haul truck slammed into a barrier outside the White House. And just when witnesses and security people thought that this was just a crazy accident, perhaps, apparently the driver, who has not been identified, well, I'm sure, I think they've identified him, they have made the identity public. Anyway, the uh, driver uh, backed up and then rammed the barrier a second time. And so you get the idea, well, maybe this isn't quite an accident. Some scary moments uh, in Washington, D.C. And that's not all. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. I saw it on the uh, Newswire. Apparently, a photo depicting an explosion near the Pentagon went viral yesterday. And even it was uh, AI-generated. But it was so realistic that it was shared by some reputable news sources, apparently. Now, I did not see this, but enough people did that the stock market actually took a dip because of it by about a quarter percent as the fake news spread. Now, eventually, everybody retracted the story and uh, no serious economic damage or anything really done but uh the image shows a cloud of smoke and claims there was an explosion near the pentagon started to go viral yesterday morning and was spread by a russian state media twitter account rt i don't know if you've uh, seen this if you're on twitter you've probably seen these tweets by rt that is the russian state media twitter account which boasts over three million followers wonder how many realize that this is Russian state media uh, RT news. The uh, police department in Arlington, Virginia, confirmed that the image was fake and issued a statement of their own, a tweet of their own, saying there is no immediate danger or hazards to the public. But uh, it's another one of those crazy things that is now possible and has actually happened thanks to AI. We move this technology forward faster than our ability to keep up with it. This is some of what can happen. By the way, speaking of uh, AI, this I thought was kind of interesting. Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. A gentleman by the name of Michael Keach uh, took to LinkedIn yesterday 
to describe his job search as one of the most mentally challenging experiences of his adult life. He's 51 years old. And, um, you know, LinkedIn, the social media site for business networking and so on. Uh, He says his job search has been one of the most mentally challenging experiences in his lifetime. And what is making it so hard, he says. Uh, Unclear hiring processes, the use of AI, and ghost jobs are all making the application process difficult. Instead of hiring managers who are looking through resumes personally, they're using AI tools to filter and automatically reject applicants. Last year, AI and algorithms processed at least three-quarters of all resumes submitted to companies in the United States. Three out of every four resumes not seen by a real human being, but processed by an algorithm. Uh, He said ghost jobs are another issue, and those are positions that are advertised but never seem to actually be filled. And this has long been an issue. Uh, For decades, businesses will post job uh, post-job, quote-unquote, openings that aren't really job openings. They're just being used by companies to collect resumes from potential candidates maybe sometime in the future. Or a company that's thinking about perhaps maybe hiring somebody if they can find a stellar candidate. But more than likely, they're not going to fill the job at all. And the problem with those, according to at least this gentleman, is that they never seem to respond. Is that I've applied for 200 jobs, and only about 30 of them have actually responded uh, and, and said, no, we're, we're going to go with, something, uh, with someone else. So just, Mr. Keach said, they're just leaving me in limbo, waiting, wondering what's going on. This is becoming more and more common, making the job search difficult. And I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I get it. Um, you know, businesses will post job openings and use these technology tools to uh, lighten the workload. Uh, because a, a good job posting, I mean, it could uh, attract two or three or. 400 candidates or more in some cases, depending on the uh, on the job and who has the time to sift through all of those. You've got to use technology when you can. I get it. But uh, um, again, this is tough on uh, job seekers these days. So it's really a tough day. Things are tough all over, I guess. Uh, A couple of uh, other interesting items among the first things you need to know this morning. The sheriff's office in Union County, South Carolina say they are increasing patrols at the local high school after a senior prank left the campus seriously damaged. Now, the story here does not say exactly what the prank was other to uh, other than to say that it was captured on video and left the high school with significant and costly property damage resulting in an extensive cleanup and repair process. The district said it happened on Thursday night. Deputies were able to get everything cleaned up in time for classes on Friday. The sheriff's office shared a reminder with students and parents saying entering a school building without permission during non-school hours is considered felony breaking and entering 
and can result in criminal arrest, um, damaging property within an educational building is also an arrestable offense, and suspects could be facing charges, maybe jail time, stiff fines, could have to pay for damages. The school said it resulted, whatever this prank was, and again, I don't have the details, but the school said it resulted in tens of thousands of dollars in damage. As of Saturday, no arrests have been made in connection with the incident. The school district said it's unknown how many students will ultimately be disciplined in the whole matter. So it's I, it's the season for senior pranks, but just make sure they don't go too far. Wow, that's tens of thousands of dollars and maybe felony charges. Sounds like they're taking this very seriously. Uh, <laughs> with summer vacation coming up, a lot of folks may be headed to Cedar Point. Well... You know, it's getting more and more expensive to uh, to go to Cedar Point or really any amusement park. To be fair, it's not just Cedar Point. It's every amusement park uh, is getting more and more expensive. And sometimes you you know think you're going to take the family uh, for a day of fun. And what are they trying to bleed us dry? Well, actually, as it turns out, maybe literally. Apparently, Cedar Point teaming up with the American Red Cross to give blood donors free tickets. <laughs> they are trying to bleed you dry, as it turns out. Uh, tickets to a Cedar Point be giving out given out during select blood drives across northern Ohio uh, between now and August 1st. The tickets will only be available while supplies last. Be valid for any operating day in the 2023 season. If you are interested in booking an appointment to donate blood or to find out more information, you can visit RedCrossBlood.org and enter the sponsor code Cedar Point. So there you go. I just saw that. They are trying to bleed you dry. And finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, we talk about summer travel, vacations, getaways, and all of that. If you are flying this year, take note, the angriest airport in the U.S. is in Orange County, California. This is according to new rankings from Forbes magazine, which gives the top spot for the angriest airport in the U.S. to John Wayne Airport, Orange County, California. Uh, The rankings are based now. John Wayne Airport is a popular alternative to LAX because LAX is huge. John Wayne Airport is much smaller, easier to get in and out of, or at least theoretically. But the uh, the rankings uh, Say nearly two-thirds of the social media comments directed at John Wayne Airport are categorized as angry, with many complaints about flight delays, the airport being too noisy, and problems with the TSA. So, make of that what you will. Um, that is the angriest airport in the U.S. So, at the very minimum... Just prepare yourself for that if your itinerary takes you to or through uh, John Wayne Airport in Orange County, California. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. 
WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 80, just a few clouds tonight, a low around 60. Raise the Bar Hancock County is partnering with Owens Community College, the Center for Advanced Manufacturing, and Habitat for Humanity of Finley Hancock County's Financial Opportunity Center to launch a short-term training program called Work Advance. We are really excited to bring Work Advance to this community, and we love that we have the great partners that we do in this community to bring this idea, this concept of new job awareness and job seeking and job preparation to Hancock County. Raise the Bar Executive Director Trisha Valesk says Work Advance programs target untapped workforce pools to fill manufacturing roles. Get more of our conversation with Trisha about the program with this story on our website. The Buckeye State ranks sixth in the number of mobile home parks with more than 1,900, but they are becoming less affordable places to live. Mobile home parks are among the few affordable options that remain for extremely low-income people. But many older, dilapidated parks are disappearing as the land is raised for more modern uses. Parks also have become a favorite target of investment banks, hedge funds, and other deep-pocketed investors. Nearly a third of mobile home parks in the U.S. have been bought by such investors since 2015. Angela Ann, Ona News. The Triplet Foundation in Bluffton has announced its 2023 grant distribution, totaling nearly $5,000. This year's distribution includes a $2,000 scholarship, nearly $1,300 to Bluffton Family YMCA for soccer nets and balls, and more than $1,500 to the Bluffton Child Development Center for a toddler sandbox and a cover for a second sandbox. That $2,000 scholarship will be going to Amber Gladwell, a 2023 Bluffton High graduate who will be attending Bluffton University in the fall, majoring in education as an intervention specialist. Get more on the grants on the website. What were the top baby names in Ohio last year? Per the state-by-state breakdown from the Social Security Administration, a lot of little girls are named Charlotte, which came in at number one, followed by Olivia, Amelia, Sophia, and Ava. For Ohio boys, Oliver tops the list with Liam's second. WTOL 11's Tim Miller reporting. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So in our cover story this morning, you know, we've been talking quite a bit about summer travel. Memorial Day weekend, of course, being the traditional start of the travel season. And many families these days apparently are looking to include their pet in their summer adventures. As many as one in three plan to take a pet along on vacation this year, according to a new survey. But is that necessarily a good idea? Joining us this morning is Flag City Vet, Dr. Katie Frederick, with some advice on traveling with the family pet. Now, I know my dog, and I think most dogs, are always eager to jump in the car and go along whenever we're going to go somewhere. But there is it's very different going out for ice cream or a quick trip across town versus seven, eight, nine hours in the car to drive to the beach. Is there any way to, and not, you know, some dogs get anxious, some get carsick, any way to know other than the hard way whether or not your dog will be okay to travel on a on a long trip? Um, I think you have to look at how they do just on the short tricks, trips. If the short trips they're getting really drooly and panting and seem really agitated in the car, then they're probably not going to do well on a long trip. Mm-hmm. There are some dogs that you know they're going to get motion sick within a few minutes. They're already vomiting in the car. So I think those are good, good plans. Um, my own dog gets pretty nervous in the car and I, yes I take her with me everywhere I go but <laughs> she's still when we go to when we go on a vacation and I have to drive for you know five six hours in the car I typically 
give her a little medication to help out. So there are medications that you can get to sort of alleviate uh, some of those issues? Yes. And I'd recommend, you know, talking to your veterinarian about what's best for your dog because not every dog is the same. Um, But yeah, by giving her medication a couple hours before we leave, she's much more calm, much more relaxed. She's not sleeping, but she's awake enough and not panning, drooling, pacing all over the car. Yeah. Um, Now, of course, dogs being the most common family pet to go along uh, on a vacation, what about other animals? I know a lot of cats don't do well in the car and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to be, not a lot of people travel with their cats, but some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there are some medications that can help out. Um, but if if they're going to stay at home, which may be best for them, um, I'd recommend having somebody come in and check on them um, multiple times a day um, just to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, eating, drinking, using the litter box like they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If we are looking to plan a summer vacation with our pets, um, are there some destinations that are better than others? Um, I mean, you know, there are, I would imagine that there are some, you know, going to the beach uh, would be better than, say, going to... I don't know, a resort or or something like that? Yeah, definitely. And you have to look at where you're going. Um, If you're going to, you know, a family cottage, that's one thing. You know, you're going to be allowed to bring your pet there. But there's many hotels that don't allow pets. There's many, uh, you know parks and attractions and things that don't allow pets even a lot of national parks there's only certain areas you can take your pet Um, so I think you really need to plan ahead there's also some states and some parks and some places require certain vaccinations just for your pet to be there so Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you have those all in order before you go that is also a uh, valid point that some some states there are outbreaks of certain diseases or certain pests that we may not have at home so we're sure. finding about finding out about those yeah and and most most of the time you're going to be fine you know don't drink funny colored water and things like that you know if, if you're going to be boarding your dog make sure that your dog has all the necessary vaccines that it mm-hmm. needs for the area and that's something you'd want to check ahead or if you were going to take them and then board them while you're there you may need different things that you would need from home so it just depends on where you're going what you're doing we mentioned that some places um do not allow pets in terms of hotels that sort of thing um other places will say they are pet friendly but are they really are there certain uh, accommodations or certain things that we should look for as a pet owner to know whether you know how pet friendly the accommodations or a location is I guess you have to look at um, where they're going to be staying. Are there areas for you to go take them outside and do their business, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, or their places, uh, you know, some, they might say they're pet friendly, but then they're landlocked and there's really no grass anywhere around. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of places will also charge a pet surcharge or an extra fee just because you're bringing a pet with you. Um, So those are also things to look at. Uh, Yeah, it's one thing to say pet friendly, but what does that really mean? Um, Are there, along those same lines, if we are staying at a hotel uh, with a pet or at a resort, you know, something like that, even at a campground uh, with a pet, are there certain rules of etiquette that we should follow with respect to traveling with pets? I think it's important to control your pet. Um, you know, if you have a dog that's 
crazy, hyperactive, very bouncy, <laughs> friendly even. Um, it's important to keep them on a leash because not everybody else's pet is. Right. And you can't expect that your dog is going to behave around other dogs. And when someplace is pet friendly, lots of people are going to bring their pets. So you mm-hmm. can't, and not everybody plays well together. Um, so keep them on a leash, pick up your poop, you know, do, yeah. just do things that you would want other people to do around and, you. And being mindful that maybe uh, not everyone we encounter is going to be the animal lovers that we are. So Correct. definitely mm-hmm. want to be courteous of others. We talk about uh, driving to a destination Traveling by air is a whole different uh, set of uh, circumstances here. I know uh, many times small dogs can travel in the passenger cabin, but historically larger dogs, uh, other than service dogs, and the airlines have cracked down on uh, what they consider what they will allow as a service dog uh, or a support animal. Larger dogs generally uh, have to be crated and will travel in the cargo hold. Is that really something that you would advise? Not when it's really warm out, um, because those, a lot of times those are not temperature controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you really have to check with the airline and see, you know, what their rules and regulations are. There's all sorts of paperwork that needs to be filled out when they go travel by air. There's some that are a little bit more lax. There's some that are a little bit more strict. But if it's really warm outside, I think it's best to leave them at home. And to talk about anxiety-inducing, I would think for a dog, that would be, uh, again, you know, we think of leaving them at home may not be good for their anxiety as we're we're gone, but it might even be more anxiety-inducing in that kind of a situation. Definitely. You're thrown in a box and thrown in a scary place with a lot of weird noises and Mm -hmm. pressure changes, and yeah, that can be pretty scary. So, I mean, there's, again, medication that can help out. You really have to do it, but sometimes it's best to leave them at home. So things, uh, all of these things that you want to keep in mind before deciding whether or not you travel uh, with your pets. And um, are there things that we can do to sort of acclimate uh, acclimate our, our uh, pets to uh, to travel. I mean, if we know that we're going to be taking them, we're not sure exactly how they're going to do when we haven't taken them before. There are things that we can do to decide to sort of uh, prepare them for this. I think starting with small trips. Um, so if you're only take your dog to the vet, and so that's the only way that your dog knows that it's going to get in the car. It knows that it might be a scary experience to go in the car. So mm-hmm. maybe go, you know, drive them around the block, take them out to go get an ice cream, go to the park, you know, go someplace fun, go someplace that your dog's going to enjoy that. And short trips that if your your dog's doing well with the short trips, then it can you can start working those up to where they're doing better on long trip. And knowing that if you are going to take them on a long road trip, that you're probably going to make more stops than if you were not traveling with your pet. So yes. <laughs> planning ahead is going to be a key. Some really good advice for folks who are planning to take their pets on vacation. Do pets have a have a bucket list? <laughs> what, what things are, are best for, for pets like a vacation? I think that things that they enjoy at home are things they're going to enjoy on vacation. So yeah. they want to be with you. They want to go play ball. They want to go outside. They want to do. They want to do. Like so. they're, not, they're not so big on, on going to Disney necessarily. No, they can really care less about Mickey. <laughs> being with you in those uh, outdoor activities uh, at the beach, they're probably going to love. Yes. Good stuff. Again, uh, Flag City Vet, Dr. Katie Frederick with us uh, talking about advice on traveling with a family pet this summer. A lot of families going to be doing it. Katie, thanks very much for dropping by. We Thank appreciate you. it. So this week, uh, Raise the Bar Hancock County 
is launching a program that is a bit different than some of the ones that we've talked about in the past. Uh, Trisha Valesque, Executive Director for Raise the Bar Hancock County, is with us on the line this morning. And as I understand it, uh, uh, basically, uh, Trisha, you can tell us more about this. The uh, Work Advance Program, the idea is to prepare workers in a matter of weeks for opportunities that are available right now as opposed to uh, longer uh, training or apprenticeship uh, programs that may last uh, months or even years, right? Is that the basic idea? That is correct. The work advance model is actually something that's done nationally, and it has been piloted in Northeast Ohio with a lot of success. And so this is a way for individuals to become more comfortable with the concepts that are used in the manufacturing facilities. They get Mm -hmm. some job readiness training, but it is a two-week program. And we use online learning combined with Owens Community College's instructors to make sure that, again, everyone understands just the basics of what it takes to be in manufacturing, so Mm -hmm. the expectations are set. They um, earn a certificate at the end, and then the employers will be ready to interview them knowing that they've gone through this training. So uh, it, it's not necessarily comprehensive training. There, there may be more training involved, but it will put them in a position to land an immediate uh, position uh, right away. When we designed what they will be learning, we went to the manufacturers in this community and just said, hey, here are the options that we could teach using the platform that we're going to use. Mm-hmm. They narrowed it down to the ones that they feel were most important for the entry-skilled positions for a new hire. Gotcha. And those are the ones that we are using. But you are correct, because what is amazing about this work advanced model is that for 365 days, the people who go through the training get a career coach, which is the Financial Opportunity Center's career coaches. And they help them continue to build success both personally and professionally. So if an individual wants to continue to move up in a position at work, we use our success coach and some of this funding that's available to us to continue to provide training that that individual needs to move up wherever they are employed in manufacturing. Now, so I, this is, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, so I'm, I'm curious uh, in terms of the impetus for the uh, for creating this program bringing this uh, program locally um, is is this more and I guess they're both sides benefit but on the one hand you've got employers that we know and we've heard this in, in uh, many news stories uh, over the past several months there are a lot of positions that they are trying to fill that have gone unfilled positions they need filled right now. And I would imagine on the other uh, flip side, there are uh, potential employees who are saying, uh, I want to I work, I want to get into these jobs. So I, I am not in a position where I can invest months or even years in preparing for and, and training for those jobs. I need to get in uh, to a position now. All the trainings are starting to point to this. How can we get people trained as quickly as possible so that they are ready with just some of those introductory skills, those foundational skills, to then make an impact with their employer. And loyalty comes along with all of this process and this program because we want to prepare people so that when they step up on the facility floor that first day, it's not this stark realization that uh, this is not at all what I was expecting. So Mm -hmm. throughout the two weeks, too, they're also getting that familiarity with how the 
facilities might be set up. What are they producing? Why are they producing it? How does this all work? Um, and short-term training just fits better with most people's schedules. And we have a lot of recent uh, high school grads. You know, this is the month where kids are starting to really think about their future. Sure. Uh, for those who want to go right to work, this is an option, too, to step into that role that they probably didn't expect to be able to do, but also put themselves in a position to say, I've put in the effort to learn. I'm willing to learn more. And that looks really good with our employers. Okay, so let's talk about how this works uh, then. Uh, first of all, how would someone uh, get signed up, learn more, get signed up uh, for the uh, Work Advance program? This is a self-referral or from a community agency referral process. They can go to, we are quickly setting up a Work Advance specific website but right now, everyone can direct themselves to Jen Galbraith, who is with the Finley Financial Opportunity Center. She's the career coach. They can email her, call her. She will set up an informational session, kind of like a one-on-one conversation. This is what you can expect from the training. Here's how, what all the benefits are for you. And then after that, we start cohorts of trainees. We're looking for our first one to begin Uh, Towards the end of June, it is a two-week program. Again, they run Mondays through Fridays. It'll be 40 hours both of those weeks, so expect that full-time rigorous schedule as if you were in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But it all begins with a simple conversation just to say, here's what I'm looking for. This is my goal. This is what, you know, these are my skills and my strengths, and we will and Jen will help individuals determine if this program is the right fit for them right now or if it's maybe something that they want to work toward here in the near future over the coming year. So what would some of that uh, two-week intensive training uh, entail? We have it spread out. So a couple of the hours every day is dedicated towards job readiness, the soft skills, how to have good communication, how to have interviewing skills, how to work with people who might not be like you, what to expect in that situation. So around the seven habits, And then they also get several hours a day around technical skills, what is assembly, how to do quality measuring, how to make sure your workplace is safe and clean for everyone around you. It is truly a mix of the soft and the hard skills that we would expect a good employee to have. And then, as you mentioned, and I'll ask you to uh, kind of expand on this a little bit, uh, it's not just two weeks and you're done. As you alluded to, uh, there is an entire year of additional assistance uh, that is available in terms of somebody being in your corner, as it it were, as you start to grow in uh, in this position or in this career. You're 100% correct, Chris. And that is what makes the work advanced model very unique. It is those wraparound services that come because there is a career coach at your fingertips. And we all know that it can be a complex thing. It's not just go to work. Sometimes we need assistance with our transportation. Sometimes we need assistance with our food security. And sometimes we just need assistance with maneuvering through all that there is and all the resource richness that we have of our community to make sure that we have the things we need to stay employed. And, and move up in our place of employment. And that career coach then is available to them, comes into the workplace, interacts with them, figures out what's working, what's not working, has those conversations alongside of them with supervisors or maybe with HR. We want you to be and stay employed in manufacturing for a long term, build a career with it. And so that career coach is meant to kind of quasi-block and tackle, if you will, mm-hmm. move barriers out of your way to employment so that the stress isn't there 
um, life is hard. We all face daily struggles. And so we shouldn't let some of these other issues in our lives stop us from being employed. Let's let the career coach help maneuver through the system for you. And then that just underscores what you were saying earlier. This is uh, this is uh, good for uh, individuals who maybe just uh, graduating high school want to move directly into the workforce, or somebody who is already in the workforce and maybe uh, in a job where there's not a whole lot of hope for advancement or just minimal employment wants to turn to something that is more of a career. I mean, wherever you are in that work. uh, compendium or that 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 work stage uh this is really designed for all right it is designed for everyone and you just have to be at least 18 years of age mm-hmm. and that's part of the screening process we have some simple questions just to make sure that you are an eligible individual yeah but you you don't have to be you've ne- maybe never considered manufacturing before yeah. you could really enjoy it but it's just the unfamiliarity and discomfort with the the world that you don't know, the what if that right. we kind of can help level set for individuals. And so, you know, we need, we need people in this community in all types of industries and sectors. That's what makes Finley Hancock County work so well is the great people that we do have. But more than anything, we want people to be happy. We want them to go to work every day and feel fulfilled and that they can pay for the things that they want to pay. We know that manufacturing offers great wages chances for advancement, Mm -hmm. good benefits, and it's an industry that quite honestly is here to stay and is growing, especially in Ohio. A lot of investments being made locally and at the state for manufacturing. It's a good time to be in there. We have uh, certainly seen that uh, in in recent weeks and months uh, in the news. Are there there certain, real quickly, are there certain uh, uh, industries or certain uh, businesses, certain companies uh, that are participating in this, or is this just kind of wide open for the Uh, any of the opportunities that may be available in the community? Right now, we are nailing down, finalizing our employer list. We are hoping it'll continually grow. Right. uh, But we we definitely need the manufacturers to have the number of openings that we need for the individuals who are graduating from the training program. So there is a quick one-to-one match. Hopefully, um, everyone is guaranteed an interview with an employer. doesn't guarantee them employment. But this should definitely prime them for a better position in that interview in that interview scenario. And again, this will officially be uh, launching, you're hoping, what, the end of next month, right? That is correct. All it's right. coming in very fast. But we have amazing partners at the table that are helping to bring this to life. And I truly believe that what we're doing here in Hancock County, the partners that are at the table are one of a kind and something that when other partnerships are trying to start the same thing, they they, they have to build the relationships. Our relationships are already there. So I know we have a top-notch program ready to go here in June and very excited to welcome our first group of participants. Again, Trisha Valeska is Executive Director of Raise the Bar Hancock County with uh, more information about their new Work Advance uh, program launching uh, locally. We've got a link up on our webpage, too, at goodmornings.net. Trisha, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. So in Canada, they've got an an interesting uh, problem. A woman has been caught on security uh, video repeatedly keying new cars at uh, dealerships. And it doesn't say exactly where this is, what province. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming 
that she's not traveling all over Canada. It's a very large country. But um, uh, dealerships in, in Canada, an estimated 400 vehicles have been hit one by one over the span of the last several months. According to news reports out of the Great White North, uh, the video shows a woman covered head to toe in warm clothing and wearing a mask, slowly moving from car to car and making scratches on each vehicle. She's keying each vehicle. The exact amount of damage is unknown, but police say it could be in the range of a half a million dollars worth of damage. Uh, more than 400 uh, vehicles been damaged. The woman is described as white, roughly 40 to 50 years old, with shoulder-length blonde hair and a heavy build, and is believed to be driving a 2018 to 2013 Ford Escape as her own uh, vehicle. Police believe she is acting alone, and her motive is unclear. That's just weird. I mean, uh, an unusual hobby. I don't know. It's... Something against these uh, dealerships or these cars? Weird. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of weird, there's always got to be something weird going on in Florida. This is from Ocala, Florida, where a 37-year-old man claiming to be a time traveler has been arrested after allegedly hurling a brick through the window of a family's home. On Saturday, police responded to a possible burglary The victims claimed they heard a loud crash, and when they checked uh, the baby's room, they found a smashed window and a brick on the floor. Fortunately, nobody hurt. The residents said that they also found a book outside the house that did not belong to them. A book, of all things. This person. When officers found the suspect, uh, 37-year-old Daniel Robert Dinkins, he admitted that he threw the brick through the window He said it was because he was a time traveler and needed to save the family from something way in the future when the child is much older. (laughs) Sounds like something out of Back to the Future Part 2. You gotta save your child. Um, He was arrested and now faces felony charges. Weird. Always weird things going on in Florida. This from Henderson, Nevada just outside of Las Vegas, where tucked into a neighborhood sits an area of dirt uh, dirt lots awaiting construction. This is a housing development, the city's uh, part of the city's cadence master planning community. A portion of the area has already been developed with homeowners already moving in. But in another part of the uh, uh, new neighborhood, the air is still filled with the hum of construction equipment, but street signs have already been posted at various intersections throughout the site, and they indicate a quaint neighborhood in the making that appears to be a bit fantastical as well. Serenity Place, the newest project by Harmony Homes, includes an area with rather unique street names. They are all inspired by Pokemon. (laughs) You read that correctly. Uh, Construction manager Andrea Miller says she got the idea from her Pokemon-loving kids. From Jigglypuff Place to Cherizard Lane. (laughs) These these whimsical street names bring joy to both children and diehard Pokemon fans. (laughs) 
Says Ms. Miller, my boys, a 14-year-old and 11-year-old, are obsessed with Pokemon, and that's where I got the idea from. Jigglypuff is their favorite. I don't know. Is this going to affect property values? I mean, would you like to uh, buy a house on Jigglypuff Lane? I don't know. (laughs) That's just... I'm just... I would be worried about how much in demand the houses in the Pokemon subdivision. (laughs) We have to ask our realtor friends whether that would be a a good idea, I would think. I mean, why take a chance? I don't think I would do that. Anyway. From the international file, the broken news, seagulls in Britain have expanded their culinary horizons beyond measly pieces of bread and discarded french fries on the beach. Uh, The seagulls are now making headlines for their newfound interest in drug stashes. You heard that correctly. According to a report in the Daily Star, the British newspaper, seagulls have been spotted swooping down and snatching away uh, the cannabinoids uh, from drug users. While uh, humans experience euphoria, paranoia, even zombie-like behavior from uh, this synthetic uh, cannabinoids, nobody bothered to investigate the effects of the spice on seagulls. And reports of these audacious avian heists have surfaced in various locations across Great Britain, even not just in like resort areas, but in, in cities like London and Manchester and Liverpool have all fallen victim to these winged (laughs) drug robbers. It seems no joint is safe when the seagulls are on the prowl. A reformed spice user admits the seagulls will go go for anything. They used to come up behind us and grab whatever we had. If we were stoned and completely out of it, the gulls could just take the the joint we were smoking and fly off. (laughs) Uh, apparently, this is not a good combination. It turns them into psycho gulls, they say. Apparently, the birds, uh, the, the, uh, birds go mad, according to locals who said they saw a bird mani- uh, maniacally uh, dive-bombing pedestrians uh, before coming down from its high. <laughs> Stone seagulls in Great Britain. <laughs> See, this is another example. When we legalize marijuana... I'm not sure that we're really thinking through all of the possibilities, all of the side effects of all of this. <laughs> it's going to be very dangerous. And how about a, a good story in the broken news? Otis Taylor, he is a blues mu- musician, well-known blues musician, who at the ripe age of 74 can finally add a high school diploma to his collection of uh, accomplishments. Mr. Taylor has triumphed over a decades-old expulsion for his rebelliously long hair. Back in 1966, his high school in Denver had some strict grooming rules. And uh, Otis explains that uh, he was always one to stand out with his fringed leather jackets and uh, beaded moccasins, but it was his long hair... Uh, violating the uh, policy, which demanded close-cropped sides, um, it was either conform 
or not receive his diploma and he refused to cut his hair so he never got his diploma uh his decision didn't sit well with his parents which caused quite the family rift for a while fast forward though to the pandemic era and the school has had a change of heart they decided to make amends and right the historical hair wrongs and otis taylor now has his diploma is that I'm getting a lot of Facebook messages from people that were in the same situation as I was. Uh, so, I guess all's well that ends well. He's finally getting his, his long hair. Kept it from getting his high school diploma back in the mid-60s. Writing a long time wrong. And if you think that's a good story, how about this one? Real quickly, uh, to finish up the broken news, uh, story of Soleimain Sana. He is a resident of North Carolina who was born in Mali. Recently won $100,000 from a scratch-off lottery ticket, the state lottery. He has pledged to use the winnings to start a nonprofit to help build schools in his native country. He said, I am going to do my best to help more classrooms for the children in Mali. That's the thing that makes me really happy. Isn't that awesome? That's what he's going to do with his $100,000 lottery winnings. He's going to build classrooms in his native country of Mali. That's pretty impressive. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual and sometimes heartwarming side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. You know, as we were uh, talking about uh, traveling with pets uh, just a moment ago, uh, one of the things we probably should have uh, have mentioned, and it is something to keep in mind as you're planning, if you're taking your pets on vacation, what do you do with a pet while once you get to your destination while you and your family are off doing things that, where the pet can't come along? Like if you're visiting a museum or visiting an attraction or even going out to dinner where you can't take your dog along – uh, are they going to be okay staying behind at the hotel by themselves? Um, just because a hotel is pet friendly doesn't necessarily mean you can leave the dog in the room by itself. And even whether your dog will be comfortable doing that by itself in a strange place, that might not be a good uh, combination. Or, you know, can you leave your dog at the campsite uh, by itself? Is it going to get into trouble or something like that? So, uh, planning those things out. What do you do with a pet while you're, or, and uh, Katie and I were talking uh, after we finished during the, uh, during the break. Um, my family, we took our uh, dog years ago, along with the kids were, were younger uh, on vacation. One time we wanted to stop and do something uh, after we had checked out of our campsite and had nothing to do with the dog. So, um, yeah, so th- these things that you can really save yourself some headache by planning ahead, uh, not only for how you're going to travel with your pet, but uh, what the 
accommodations are going to look like while you are at your destination uh, traveling with pets. All kinds of things that you got to keep in mind when you're talking about traveling with pets. Now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Speaking of pets, uh, Americans apparently are, are picking more human names for their pets uh, over the course of the past year. This according to the latest survey of 50,000 pet names... The most popular name for male dogs, you know, it used to be Spot, Fido, whatever. No, Charlie. Charlie is the most uh, popular name for male dogs. Lucy being the most popular name for lady dogs, female dogs. So, and we've had dogs named Lucy and Charlie. So, that's kind of interesting. Um, now, there are differences state by state. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. In Texas... And in Florida, Daisy is the most popular dog name overall. Uh, Lucy being popular in California, Arizona, Virginia, and New York. Um, the most you uh, the most popular name in Nevada is Bear. That's kind of interesting. Uh, in Hawaii, Lani is the most popular pet name. In Alaska, the most popular name is Maya. Uh, now again, these are all for dogs. For Ohio, by the way, uh, Bella is the number one dog name, followed by Luna, Charlie, and then Max uh, are the uh, top most popular dog names in the state of Ohio. Now, what about cats? Uh, Luna being the most popular name for a cat in the U.S. over the course of the past year, uh, 13% of cat owners choose to name their feline after a food it says, like a cookie or a peanut or uh, cat names. So, anyway, I don't know what the uh, most popular cat name in Ohio is. I didn't uh, do uh, enough research on that. I didn't go dig deep enough on that, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Bella, Luna, Charlie, and Max, uh, the uh, most popular dog names uh, in the state of Ohio. So, uh, you can either choose from one of those. Or go in a totally different direction if you want to be unique, I guess. So, happening around town beginning this weekend, it's not just the start of the summer season. It is time once again for a rally in the alley. Doug Jenkins is here from uh, the Finley Hancock County Chamber of Commerce. Uh, And uh, is the annual... Downtown Findlay summertime yeah. after work party. It's uh, it's a great way to kick off the weekend uh, Friday nights throughout the summer. So we're excited to, to get things rolling this Friday night. Uh, we'll be off next Friday because that's when Boogie on the Block is going on. Mm-hmm. Then we'll be back uh, June 9th all the way through August 11th uh, every Friday night through you the summer. Of, so you kind of ease into it. You have one <laughs> yeah. this weekend and then take a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't want to strain okay. yourself now for it. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. you're ready to jump uh, in for the rest of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it seems so, that way. So for someone who has uh, maybe if someone's new to the community yeah. or um, has not been to rally at the alley, uh, rally in the alley before. Uh, Talk about what it is. So every Friday night during the summer, uh, down at Latham Courtyard, which is right next to the Glass Block building uh, in downtown Finley, we have a live band, we have food, and we have beverages. The band and the food are free. It's a free community event. Come in, 
enjoy the the start to the weekend and uh, and then of course we've got some beverages for sale as well for you a little fun and fellowship exactly there you go to uh to kick off the weekend and um it's a great way to promote not only local bands, right. uh, obviously, also the local restaurants. and Yeah, you, you get a taste of, of a bunch of different restaurants. We've got great restaurants this year. We'll kick things off with the, the Baking Company and Bread Needs. Mm. Just talked to Eve yesterday. She's going to have mini cupcakes for people there. Okay. I think that sounds all right. Yeah. Uh, Taco Fiesta and Yosa is going to be there this year. Wait a minute. A beer and a cupcake. I don't know. <laughs> well, sure, you know. It's uh, sweet and savory, is I okay, think how that there works. there you go. I, I don't know. I hey, probably it's a much. Friday. Anything, exactly. Anything goes. Going into a holiday weekend. So sure. enjoy Absolutely. a cupcake. <laughs> um, the Taco Fiesta and Yosa is going to be there this year. The Fern, Red Lobster, Culver's, Heavenly Pizza, Logan, I, Logan's Irish Pub, uh, Buckeye Family Farms. Have you had their popcorn? It's really good. I have uh, not. Well, so. you should come down there to Rally in the Alley on uh, July 21st. You'll be okay. able to get some popcorn there All from right. there. Uh, Chick-fil-A, Manti's, and Jimmy John's all will be providing food this year. Mm, so really excited for that. Uh, a lot of great bands. It's, it's it's a great way to just experience downtown Finley. You come mm-hmm. down, you come in for some songs, maybe go do a little shopping, go get dinner while you're downtown, that type of thing. Um, and who are the uh, bands that will be performing? So we'll open things up this week with Hypnotics. Uh, Jimmy Gore, they do a great job. Love having them open up every year. Uh, 100 Proof is back this year. Last year was the first year we had had them in the lineup. They were great. Looking forward to having them on June 9th. Uh, Schifferly Road was also new last year. Actually, they had to pinch hit for uh, Tongue and Groove, who we have twice. Uh, there was some illness in Tongue and Groove for one of the performances. Uh-huh. If we had to scramble, Schifferly Road had an open night and were kind enough to do it. So, <laughs> uh, And they were great. So we're having, we, we moved them into the schedule. Uh, like I said, Tongue and Groove will be involved uh, on June 23rd, as well as the final one on August 11th. We've got Cherry Bombs. They've played for several years now. New this year, Pops Garage. They're out of Toledo, but I know they've okay. played some uh, some area uh, establishments. Voodoo Lane out of Ada. They've also played some area establishments here. Uh, Violet Vinyl. We have uh, Ryan come in every year. He does a great job. Uh, Spoiled Rotten and the Reunion Band. All right. Very good. Uh, so different bands uh, every week. Yep. You just have the uh, the one that is in there twice. Other than that, it's new bands every week. I think so it's in Chip's lifetime new. contract. Talking Groove is... <laughs> Is so they get the the two peat different food, different uh, different music, but yeah. uh, always good time with uh, friends and and folks downtown. And it's, if you yeah. if you don't know where Latham Courtyard is, uh, all you have to do is follow the music, follow everybody, follow all the people because that's where they're all headed. Yeah, it's going to be a, a good time, and I think people. Have- People really enjoyed it when we couldn't do it in 2020. Obviously, that well, was very sad. Yeah, 2020, and then was it. Was it last year or the year before where it seemed like every Friday it rained? That was the it was twenty twenty one. So here's been my experience with Rally in the Alley of the Chamber. Twenty nineteen was my first summer at the Chamber. Okay. And it did not rain a single Friday night. It didn't even threaten to rain. It was great. And then yeah. twenty twenty happened. That wasn't super pleasant. <laughs> that for wasn't anyone. great. Then twenty twenty one, like we really did everything we could to do rally. We did it in the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts parking lot that year because we weren't sure if we were going to have to spread people out or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then like two and a half of them got rained out. And <laughs> just, like there was always Friday. a threat of rain. Yeah, it seemed like every, every Friday, Friday we were talking about it. Is uh, rally going to happen? So last year we got all of them in. Uh, didn't have any rain outs. There was a couple of times where the rain skirted fairly close, but uh, <laughs> but uh, managed to avoid us. But it's looking really nice for this yeah. Friday night. This, uh, this Friday night is going to be absolutely gorgeous. Uh, yeah. We were 
were talking about a little bit earlier, the we the entire weekend is going to be great. So uh, this is the perfect way to uh, to kick that off. And uh, again, it starts right after work. Yeah, five o'clock. Come out and see us. And runs until eight o'clock. Eight. So. And Not a late night for you. It's a great, like I say, come and kick off your weekend. Right. Go have some fun in downtown Finlay. And, and no cover. Get going. No, no cover. cover. Just come on in. Uh, again, uh, Rally in the Alley beginning this Friday evening. We have uh, more details on our webpage because you have the entire lineup uh, yes, online, if, right? If you go to finlayhancockchamber.com slash rally. We'll find the line up there. And that link is at our webpage at goodmornings.net to make it even easier. Again, uh, Doug Jenkins with the uh, chamber with us uh, this morning. Kind of preview of uh, the annual summertime after work party in downtown Finlay. Doug, thanks very much. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information on all the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, it's the final day for Findlay City School students, but it will be a busy summer for district officials. Interim Superintendent Krista Kreitz-Miller will join us to talk about the work that will be taking place behind the scenes to get ready for fall, plus the effort to save AM radio. And is it a losing cause? So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.